Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Here is Hope podcast. My name is Elisa Ayala and I am your host. This show is dedicated to silencing anxiety and any other mental barrier that keeps you from going after the life that you dream of. It is July 1st, 2020, and oh my goodness, time has just been flying. I feel like just a few days ago, we just started with the whole coronavirus outbreak and the lockdown, and now it's like we're halfway through the year. It's been such a crazy time because it's just been a year of uncertainty. Nobody really knowing what is happening or what is going to happen, how we're going to come out of this. And with places starting to reopen again and then closing again because of the cases going up, it's just, it's insane. And I don't even feel the same anymore. When I go grocery shopping, it just feels different. It feels like a different vibe. Like, everyone's just not very sure. We all just need our food, but like, we don't really want to be there. We're scared. And I don't know. It's just, it just feels so much different. And I've been home for the most part. I only go out when I need to go to the grocery store or to the bank, but that's about it. I have, I've been home for the most part. It's just me and my dog and I actually really enjoy it. (laughs) And I work in a school, so there's a good chance that we might not even go back. In the fall, everything was said to go back to normal in the fall, but I don't know if that's going to happen. With cases going back up and places closing down again, I really don't know what's going to happen. If we're going to have a job or not, I have no idea. And the crazy thing about all of this is that three years ago, if this were to happen, I would totally freak out. I would be stressing out about money and what's going to happen? Am I going to have a job? Am I not going to have a job? Like what? I would be just in a state of chaos. I would not be okay. I would be totally overwhelmed. And I think it's so crazy that I'm not, I'm really not that, I'm not panicked at all. I don't feel anxiety because I think that this quarantine has done me so much good. And I really hope that it's done the same for you too. I know it's been a really hard year with the outbreaks, people dying, people going to the hospital, not being able to leave, and it's it's been a really, really hard year, but there's always something to be grateful for, and that's something that I've learned this year through it all. You know, my family is here, and they're, and they're healthy. There's a good chance that one of my loved ones did have the virus, and in fact, one of one of my family members did, but they're okay. They're recovered and everything is fine now. And so I'm just extremely grateful for that. The fact that, you know, I have my family here with me right now and they're alive and they're healthy. And the fact that my dog is here and he's healthy. Um, like that's all something to be grateful for. And that's what this year has really taught me is gratitude being grateful for something, putting yourself in that position of, I have this, I have my parents, my dog, I have food on the table. I am so grateful for that because I can just imagine, imagine if, what if I didn't have this? How messed up would that be? How how would I be feeling if I didn't have them? And yes, everything is uncertain right now with maybe not having a job or, you know, not going back. Like, it's going to be okay. As long as I have my family, then I'm, I'm, I can always find a job. It's, it's not going to be that terrible. It, it might be scary, overwhelming, a little bit of anxiety, but 
I know that I'm going to be okay. And to get to that point is just good to be in a place where I'm not that anxious anymore. Like, I know it's going to work out. Because really, anxiety and worry and always being in panic, panicked, like, that does nothing. It does nothing to better the situation. That's what this year has been all about for me, is being grateful. Being grateful for the things that you do have, that the things that you take for granted, the things that you don't even think about, you just kind of expect to have them. But really, at any point and moment, you can lose that. You can lose that thing, that person. And I know it's very scary to talk about, and it's like, you know, I don't like talking about it, but it's true. There are some people that have lost their loved ones because of this. And if you didn't, and if your family is there with you right now, be grateful for that. And I think that this year has been about that. People realizing that things can change in a blink of an eye. Like, who knew that we there was going to be a virus? Who knew that people were going to be working from home? People were going to be getting laid off, going to coffee shops, drinking our coffee there is no longer a thing that we can do. Like, who knew that? But anyway, I wanted to do this little thing of the things that I learned because of quarantine. The first one is... You don't need a gym to work out or to be active. Now, this was an excuse that I made at the very beginning. I was like, well, dang it, now I'm going to put on some pounds because the gym is closed. And it's funny because one of my mentors was actually talking about this, that, you know, we use that as an excuse. Like, that's just an excuse as to why you're putting on some pounds or as to why you're eating everything in the house. Just because you're in the house doesn't mean you need to eat everything in your fridge. And just because the gyms are closed doesn't mean you'd necessarily have to put on weight. You can still find a way to be active. And that is so true. That's something that I'm like, well, I guess I don't really need my gym anymore because I actually enjoy running outside and I actually enjoy coming home and working out myself, doing workouts, like watching YouTube videos or something, like, really, I don't need a gym. And so that's the first thing that I learned. Number two is plants make me happy. And this one is really crazy to me because I've never been the type of person who was like the type to stop and smell the roses. But now I think I kind of am. I don't consider myself like a nature person, but I really do appreciate more of nature. I appreciate plants and flowers and all these types of roses. And I even bought a few plants during quarantine. My mom and I went to Home Depot and she's all into plants. I never really was, but I'm like, oh dang, I actually kind of like this. And I don't know, it just, it brightens my day when I go out running in the morning and I just, the sun's coming up and like, I live in California. So like, I see all these little bunnies that come out to eat. And it's like, I look at that and I appreciate it. And it just, it makes my day a little brighter and I love it. Number three, my dog is my favorite companion. I'm a total introvert. I love being by myself and I did not mind being quarantined with my dog. He is very much a little punk. He barks a lot and he needs a lot of love and attention Um, he will not leave you alone. He will not stop barking at you until you say hi to him. So yeah, that was one of my realizations. My dog is my favorite companion. Number four is meditating. Meditating in nature specifically lessens my anxiety. 
This is one of my favorite things now, and I loved that I learned this during quarantine because I very much appreciate the fact that I found this is helpful for my anxiety. Because anxiety sucks, and even though that I'm getting much better at controlling it, it's still there, and I know I have to do something about it in order to control it, and this is one of the things. It's become a part of my morning routine. First thing in the morning, I like going out for a run, I come home, I work out, and then I take the time to meditate. I set up my mat in front of my window. I have a very large window in my room. I set it up there and I open up the blinds. I open up the window to get some fresh air in. And I sit there and I meditate overlooking the view. And I find that this is the most energizing way to start my day. I love meditating now. And I was not a person who really was into meditation, but I am now because I've realized how much it does for you, especially if you have anxiety, especially if you deal with that kind of thing, because it just puts you in a different position to start your day. You feel more relaxed in the moment, and I think breath work is also something that I re I'm really into now, because I've realized when I was having my panic attacks and I was super anxious, I don't think that I was breathing properly, like I didn't have enough oxygen. And now with meditation, it's something that I can control now. And I'm aware of that. I'm aware of the moments where I feel anxious or panicked or scared, where it's like, well, maybe if I just breathe and I'm aware of my breathing, it feels like someone just punched you right in the stomach and you can't breathe. That's how it feels like for me when I have anxiety, when I'm in that moment of panic. It feels like I don't have enough oxygen and I can't catch my breath. But when I started meditating, I feel like I'm in control of that now. Like I know, okay, this is how I'm feeling. I feel like I have no air, so I need to breathe. And I put myself in that position where I, I'm really, the only thing I'm thinking about is getting oxygen into my lungs. So I will count to three and I'll take a deep breath in hold it for a little bit and then count to three again and release and then I'll do that over and over and then eventually it's like I, I forget for a little moment as to why I even had anxiety because I was so focused on my breath work so that's something that's really helped me and then with the whole meditating in nature it's not just that I appreciate the pretty view it's not just that but I feel like something is bigger than me the trees are taller than me. The sky is bigger than me. And it, I don't know if that's maybe a weird thing. I don't know. But I don't know if anyone else feels this way. But it just makes me feel like I need to stop thinking about myself so much. A lot of the times I have anxiety because it's always like, oh my god, oh my god, they're gonna think this of me. Or I have so much going on. It's just me, 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 me. And when I meditate looking outside of my window, when I'm looking at a view, when I'm looking at the trees, when I'm looking at the sky, the clouds, the birds, I think the world doesn't revolve around me. There's something else out there. And I don't know, it's a weird thing, but that's also helped me to realize, to realize like, you need to calm down, okay? Like, it's not just about you. It's not just your problems. It's, it's not just you. There's something out there way bigger than you. Number five, having an affirmation practice makes me feel like a boss. This is also something that I really love doing every morning. I have an affirmation practice. It's a part of my morning routine. 
to write in my journal. And in my journal, I have a section for gratitude, which I already talked about. Then I also have a section for affirmations where I will write out things like, I am in control of my life. Today is going to be a good day. I will succeed. I will have certain things that I want in my life. I will have it. I will attain it. And I also have personal bill of rights, which I will repeat to myself in the mirror. And oh my gosh, I can't tell you how much of a change that it's made in my way of thinking. It's built a confidence in me where I actually kind of started believing in myself because at first it feels silly when you say these things to yourself. It's like you look at yourself in the mirror and you say this to yourself and you're like, what? Like it just doesn't feel true. But the more you keep doing it, the more and more and more that you say these things to yourself, the more you start believing it. And I've talked about the personal bill of rights in one of my previous episodes, but that is also a key thing that's helped with my anxiety because it's more social anxiety in that aspect where you feel like you always have to please people, that you can't say no, that you always need to give a good excuse as to why you can or can't do something or why you can or can't be where they ask you to be. But it's like, you have all these rights, and a lot of the times when we have anxiety, we don't know that we had those rights. That you can just say no, and that's it. You don't have to give them any excuse as to why you're behaving a certain way or you're not. And that's such a beautiful thing, that to know that, to really know that you can just say no. Like, I'm sorry, or no, I don't even have to be sorry, just no. And... Yeah, like it it really helps when you know your personal bill of rights and that's helped me with being assertive and just lessening my anxiety. But you see, I had to catch myself there. Like we're so used to apologizing, like I'm sorry I can't go or I'm sorry that you feel this way. Number six, being grateful every day makes me realize my life doesn't suck. I've already kind of talked about gratitude, but yeah, being grateful makes me realize like I actually have a lot of good things going for me and my life doesn't suck. When I used to have my panic attacks and when I was super, super anxious a few years back, I always focused on the bad. I always focused on the things that were not going well, on the things that I had no control over, on the things that I hated. Now I feel like I have this whole change in perspective where just because I'm grateful of things, it it doesn't mean that I don't have bad things happen to me. I do. I just try not to focus on that so much anymore. I know that it still sucks and I let myself feel the frustration, feel the, you know, the anger in the moment. I let myself feel all that. But I also try to think of the bigger picture of Yes, I may be mad at my mom right now, but it's like, I love her. I'm grateful I have her. She's here. Puts you in a different position when you're feeling grateful because you don't let the situation blow up as big as it needs to be. You don't do that because you're focusing, okay, well, I love her. So calm down a little bit and not be so spiteful, not so mean, you know, even though we're in an argument right now, like you focus on like, okay, well, she's my mom and I love her and I have her and I'm grateful for her and everything she does, even though she's pissing me off a little bit. But yeah, it also helps in those situations. Number seven, my anxiety is not who I am. I'm pretty sure I talked about this before too, where I thought anxiety was everything. It was the reason why 
I couldn't get a job that I really wanted or a career I really wanted because I'm super anxious and I can't talk to people and I can't sell. I can't do sales because I can't make connections with people because I get anxious. They make me nervous and I I hate talking to people and I come off as weird and awkward and people don't like me. None of that is really true. And again, it all comes down to perspective, how you see things. Yeah, I have anxiety, but I can either let it stop me or I can keep pushing forward and make things happen for myself. And I'm choosing that instead. I'm no longer going to let it stop me. And I realize too, like it's not everything that I am. I have so much more to offer. And the same thing goes for you, whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, addiction, Whatever it is, like, just know that that's not all you are. That's not everything. It doesn't have to define you. And finally, my mental health comes first. This is a really big one for me because for the majority of my life, I always put people, situations, jobs first before me, before my mental health. And this is very, very unhealthy because... It sent me to the hospital with an $8,000 bill because I was having panic attacks at work because I was super anxious and miserable where I was working and it got so bad that I went to the hospital while I was at work. And that's, that's crazy because I never thought about myself, my mental health, me always being anxious and upset and crying even. There were, there were days where I would come home crying from work because just how miserable I was, how awful that place was for me, that environment. And I let myself be there for over a little over a year. That was horrible that I let myself do that because it had such a huge impact on my health. That's where I had really bad back pain because I was so stressed out and anxious and I went to therapy for it, physical therapy, and that didn't help me. And I went to the chiropractor and that didn't help me. And my body was telling me, you need to leave this place. You need to quit and leave. And because I was, I don't even know what it was, but I didn't quit because I thought like, you know, they hired me for a reason. They think that I can do this and therefore I should stay. But that's not the case. Like, if it's not good for you, then leave. And also setting boundaries with people. This is also a really big one because you feel like you always need to show up for other people because, again, you're trying to please them. You don't want to let them down. You don't want them to think badly of you. You don't want them to fire you, in my case. And, like, that's also very ridiculous. Like, if you cannot show up for other people when you don't show up for yourself first, you need to show up for yourself first first. It's like how they say in an airplane, if something happens, you put the mask on your face first and then you put it on someone else. You don't put it on someone else and then you pass out and then what's what's going to help you? Nothing. It's the same thing. You need to set boundaries with people. Sometimes it's just tiring always being there for someone or when they need something, it's like they require so much of your attention, so much of your help, so much of your time and energy. And it's okay to sit, still be there for that person, still love them, still help them, but also setting boundaries where it's not impacting your mental health, where you're not stressed out, where you're not overworking yourself, you know, because at the end of the day, you need to take care of yourself too. I love something that Mel Robbins said where you don't have to be available 
all the time. You're not on demand service. And I was like, I love that because that's how I felt, like always trying to please people. People texting me, telling me they need me to do this, they need me to do that. And it's like, no, not right now. I don't need to be at your service all the time. And yeah, it's just very helpful to know you have the right to send boundaries because it's affecting your mental health. So those are my eight things that I learned in quarantine. I feel like this time really did me some good. It really helped me see things differently, how I feel about myself and how I see the world. And I really hope that it did the same for you. It forced us to be alone, to be alone with our thoughts and really find out what is it that we truly want? What is it that energizes you? What makes you happy? What makes you just light up and It really did it for me. This quarantine did that for me this year. It made me realize the things that I want in my life, the things I don't want, the people that I want in my life, and the people that I don't. It just gave me such confidence in myself, and I really hope it did the same for you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I appreciate you for listening. If you learned anything, please leave a review. I'd also like to know what you learned during this quarantine. You can let me know about that. I also have an Instagram for this podcast. It's at Here Is Hope Podcast. You can follow me on there. I also do videos on mental health and anxiety related videos, so I like to post those on there. Thank you again so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.